Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, in market private equity and M&A in Canada. My name is Mario Negro, and I'm a partner in the private equity and M&A group at Steichman Elliott. For today's podcast, I'd like to welcome our special guest, Ramandeep Grewal. Ramandeep is a partner in the Capital Markets Group here at Steichman Elliott. Her practice is focused on working with public companies, and a lot of her work focuses on working with companies as they deal with ESG and the growing importance of ESG and decision-making. Ramon, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mario, and great to be here. Ramon, obviously I led us into where I'd uh, like to talk uh, with you about today, which is on ESG and its growing importance. But before we do that, let's talk about a bit about yourself, a bit about what you do at Stack Elliott and about your practice. Great. So as you said, Mario, I'm a partner in the Capital Markets Group at Stegman. Uh, and so consistent with Capital Markets practice, a uh, large part of my work focuses on working with public companies, uh, with investment banks on public company financing, public company acquisitions and mergers. Um, but also uh, a significant portion of my work is focused on governance, both in the public company space, but also working with asset managers and other institutional investors. Um, and the corporate governance uh, has, uh, you know, over the years, as you've mentioned, has really segued into ESG, which is a big component of governance or governance is a big component of ESG, whichever way you want to look at it. Uh, and given where we are uh, in our environment, in our society, in our culture uh, is, uh, you know, has, has grown in importance along with the importance of you know, social and governance factors in our daily lives as well and the extent to which day to day people are more focused on their impact on the environment, uh, their health and wellness, well-being and the health and wellness and well-being of their communities. And so uh, I find all of my clients really on the public company side, the asset management side and the institutional investment side are more and more focused on this. Uh, obviously, as opposed to you and me being focused, Mario, in a more, uh, you know, in a much more formal way. Uh, and we are seeing a lot of evolution in this space. Ramon. ESG seems to be everywhere. It, it seems to be showing its face in all elements of both public company, private company, deal flow, deal activity. It's becoming one of those topics that is really becoming almost like a gatekeeper, something you, you, you becomes part of what you do and you need to really make sure you're accounting for it. Can I ask, you, why do you think we're seeing such a priority and a focus on ESG? And how do you think it's kind of changed the way people do deals you know, influence governance, you know, how, how, how has it changed the running of companies? Yeah, so I think there are two sides to that, Mario. So number one is that um, ESG has grown in importance because there is a growing realization of the extent to which ESG actually impacts risk and risk management. And so whether you're looking at, you know, a company, an ongoing company as a going concern and looking at its uh, long-term success or whether you're looking at an acquisition, and potential red flags and issues to consider, including issues around integration. Uh, from a risk management perspective, it's becoming more and more important to understand uh, what a particular entity, company, target, et cetera, is really doing when it comes to ESG. Um, and on the other side, there's a flip side of this, which is opportunity as well. Um, ESG is growing in importance, given that um, they're you know, ha having a sound ESG framework, sound ESG practices, being able to articulate them and being able to um, demonstrate, uh, you know, how they effectively work, you know, in your operational environment, but the extent to which they're successful, um, really does point to uh, to opportunities from a perspective of, uh, again, access to capital, cost of capital, 
talent management and talent recruitment uh, because uh, more and more uh, young people nowadays in the workforce are interested in working for places that have a focus on ESG. And then, of course, you know, when it comes to the M&A environment, again, opportunities, integration, synergies, etc. Um, so there really are, is a twofold. And, you know, I always like to say ESG is both new and not new. You know, if I just break it down, right, ESG, you know, G is for governance, pretty straightforward, you know, systems in place for management to act in the best interest of stakeholders. We have been doing governance for years. We understand governance, how does the board operate, how does it exercise oversight, has it effectively organized itself in terms of its committees and delegation? Um, you know, what what governance structures and procedures are in place from a risk management perspective, et cetera. So, so we've been doing that for years. And so it's, it is an important part, although there are, you know, increasingly new elements to governance, including focusing on board and executive management diversity, uh, focusing on the extent to which there is a direct line from the board and board members into, you know, ESG matters that have been traditionally considered to be squarely in the um, purview of management. Uh, and so if I go into the other letters in the acronym, you know, E is environmental. Again, we all kind of understand environmental. Uh, essentially, what's the company's impact on the natural ecosystem? And how does the natural, natural ecosystem impose or represent potentially risk to the company's medium and long-term operations? Um, but also, you know, it's a two-way stream. So, so what does what does climate change, climate impact represent for the company? But how does the company impact its its natural ecosystem as well? And for Canadian companies, you know, this could be uh, energy management, energy conservation, water conservation, uh, emissions, uh, etc. So, depending on the business or the industry, you know, your your direct operations might have an environmental impact. And if your direct operations don't have environmental impact then your, you know, your internal operations still, there's there's lots of opportunities to consider when it comes to cutting uh, a company's impact or reducing their footprint. And the last point is social, which is the company's relations and interactions and policies and procedures and perspectives with respect to its workforce. So health and wellness, uh, mental when mental health, uh, employee growth, uh, support of, you know, employee programs as well as company relations with its customers or clients and with the society at large. So the environment in which it operates. And here we get into, uh, you know, community relations, indigenous relations. Uh, again, depending on the business and the industry, there's a whole, there's a broad range of, of um, issues that uh, this could involve. So, you know, when I say that, I'm going back to where I started my answer, which is new and not new, because a lot of this is not new. Many of our clients, many of us have been doing this already we've been doing bits of this already uh, what is new is is it's becoming more formalized it's becoming more important to be able to first be able to draw a dot, dotted line up to senior management and then to the board and to be able to demonstrate that the board has oversight um, over um, all of these very important ESG factors and then secondly to be able to articulate what is the company's ESG proposition which we'll get into in a little bit, which then feeds into, you know, how well you are prepared when it comes to M&A diligence or disclosure or being able to attract, uh, you know, attractive cost of capital, et cetera. And you kind of hit on where I wanted to go, Garman, uh, which is more and more, we're obviously seeing ESG be a factor in the M&A process and in M&A deal-making. And I wanted to get your thoughts in terms of how you see it being incorporated into the deal process. Some of the innovations you're seeing seems to be evolving quickly and rapidly with new innovations, but how are you seeing it more and more become part of the M&A deal process? 
So I think this is, uh, we're in nascent stages in Canada, although as you've said, it, it is growing in importance and quickly becoming more and more common. And so the starting point is that asset managers, private equity managers, private equity funds, venture capital, et cetera, so sources of capital are more attuned to this and are focusing uh, more on ESG and ESG um, oversight when it comes to their portfolio management. More many uh, of these types of entities have articulated internal policies when it comes to how ESG will impact their decision making, uh, you know, how they're going to assess uh, different opportunities for capital and, you know, whether they're formal grading systems or former checklists or, you know, a softer approach from a policy or a principal perspective. Uh, and so we're seeing that come out in the M&A diligence process when it, uh, you know, in terms of being able to assess a company's um, oversight and how well it has a handle on ESG, again, from a risk management perspective and potentially from a perspective of opportunities as well. And so similarly in um, the you know, M&A space, generally, if we're looking at acquisitions, we are seeing more and more as you're seeing that um, you know, a number of, di- of a range of type of entities are concerned and are asking questions to be able to get a good handle on how a company addresses ESG, what issues are important, what frameworks are in place internally, you know, how they're incorporated into the operations, et cetera. Again, from a risk management perspective, but also to to be able to assess and be prepared from a perspective of understanding how a potential M&A target might work from a synergies or integration perspective too. There are usually key, you know, issues, you know, governance is a key issue, but then depending on the actual industry or the business, uh, there will be specific issues that potential acquires, again, sources of capital will be looking for as well. And, and so we're starting to see that as part of the diligence process, you know, formalized checklists, targeted questions, whether it's from a perspective, a principled perspective or a more specific, uh, you know, prescriptive perspective around, uh, you know, kind of really getting their their fingers on how, what ESG focus the company has, what they've been doing, how they've been performing and, and where they are on that um, continuum of, you know, getting to a point where, uh, and again, this is nascent stages, companies in Canada are evolving, but really the end goal of this continuum is getting to a point where you can have a well-articulated ESG strategy and be able to show how it has helped to impact performance. One of the things that's interesting, uh, uh, Rahman, and is, you know, traditionally ESG, at least in my experience, was more of a public company governance focus, but it's, as you pointed out, it's evolving into private equity and now it's even evolving into kind of middle market private equity. It's kind of becoming something that, uh, regardless of size, is becoming talked about and an important factor to consider. You know, Canada is such a middle market country in that way. Do you see ESG growing and expanding further and deeper into the middle market? Is there any reason why it wouldn't become more of a factor, even for smaller deals, even for smaller companies? Is is this just a you know is this just the preview of the big company space or? Or should we be looking out for the growth of ESG, even in lower middle market companies, middle market companies and middle market processes, deal processes? Uh, I, I think we should be looking out for it. And I think we're starting to see the early stages of that already, Mario. And, you know, if we step back a bit, when we started this journey in the public company space, we fast, I guess, there was a, an, an acknowledgement that a well uh, governed a company that's well governed from an ESG perspective, uh, you know, addresses the three kind of main issues, which is risk management, 
ultimately directly or indirectly better performance. We have empirical data on that now as well, after many years of companies focusing on it. And also that there, you know, the attitude or the culture shift when it comes to the environment in which the company operates, uh, but also internally kind of who's working for the company and, and who's looking to be involved. And so if those things are true, yet, you know, ESG results in better risk management, better performance, and is more uh, consistent uh, with the shifting attitude and, and kind of cultural norms in society, it only makes sense that it will percolate into PE and into uh, more into the, you know, middle market uh, sphere, space. Because again, those things are important, regardless of what, whether you're looking at public or private opportunities, and regardless of the size that you're looking at as well. Uh, and so I think if we accept the premise that ESG leads to better performance, better risk management, is more consistent with shifting attitudes and cultural dorms, uh, it only makes sense that it's going to continue to percolate throughout the entire cycle. Ramon, we always ask our guests to uh, give us a perspective on, I call it the crystal ball question, just giving our perspective on uh, where they see the market going, where where they see trends happening in, in the area of focus. And, and in this case, you know, I've been waiting for this question because I'm fascinated to see where you think ESG will go, uh, both from a Canadian perspective, but also globally, because uh, I think it is really just starting to really become embedded uh, in the governance and in decision making. Uh, and so I wanted to get your thoughts. Where, where do you see ESG going? How do you see it become part of the decision making process going forward? And curious to see if, if you see other innovations or, or other jurisdictions where it's gone even further, places we might still yet to see in Canada, but we'll see soon. Yeah, so I think we're going to see more standardization uh, in terms of how companies are expected to articulate, report, uh, you know, be able to describe their ESG frameworks and their ESG practices. So we know on the public company side, Canadian uh, regulators, securities regulators have already published for comment a proposal to set uh, more of a standardized framework for Canadian public companies uh, so that we can get better comparability, but also more certainty around you know what the expectations are in terms of disclosure, reporting, etc. Uh, we're starting to see more standardization in the private space as well. So we know there are number of institutional investors that have uh, you know started to develop their own policies or frameworks around again what their expectations are when doing diligence or gathering information and there's a number of frameworks that are out there and so far it's been you know up to the company to determine what framework it chooses and how it reports and many Canadian companies used to really rely on what we call GRI or the Global Reporting Initiative or something called Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosure, TCFD, or a combination, I think we'll start to see a migration towards one, uh, perhaps two of the main frameworks. We'll see some standardization depending on the space that someone's in and the industry or the business focus. Um, and we'll probably get to the point where we have some mandatory disclosure. So New, New Zealand has a mandatory climate risk reporting uh, framework. Uh, UK has announced climate risk reporting will become mandatory for large companies. Uh, we have other jurisdictions that are, you know, uh, taking other steps. In Canada, in the public company space, we've had a number of shareholder investor groups, interest groups, uh, propose a say on climate vote um, for large companies and for some of the, the, the larger institutional um, public entities. Uh, and so I think we'll see that start to percolate into the private space as well. So really, in a nutshell, more standardization, uh, a lot more certainty, uh, you know, effectively frameworks around how companies are expected to articulate what they're doing, uh, and then also kind of report 
uh, how their uh, operations are being impacted by ESG. So basically, how what the extent to which ESG is 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 successful, uh, and they've been able to attain some of the you know the goals that they've set for themselves, whether it comes to climate reduction or increase in workforce diversity or uh, you know other matters. And I have to do a follow up question on that. You uh, highlighted that you believe this will become even uh, regular for private companies in Canada. You see the future as being this type of a focus even embedding itself within private companies? I think so, because I think more and more we will see that private companies, again, to access capital, uh, to access quality capital at lower cost, um, but also to position themselves as attractive targets when it comes to M&A, will need to be able to quickly articulate their ESG frameworks and their ESG operations. And we'll start to see, you know, we've started to see the checklist in diligence. We've started to see some of the uh, requirements for which frameworks, you know, certain types of investors are looking for. Uh, and I think it will become uh, more and more normal uh, as a part of that process to be to be able to uh, to address those issues. And therefore, companies will become more and more prepared to do that. Ramon, I want to thank you for joining us today. It's been fascinating. This is like a whole for particularly for me, if someone who focuses on a private company and private company M&A is just a fascinating topic. And one, I think we're just, as you said it very well, it's on the cusp of seeing more of. And so it's great to get your perspective and insight on it. And thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. So nice to chat with you, Mario.